Welcome to Politics and Bros. This is the podcast where two guys who spent their careers in the inside of federal politics and government are now on the outside and only have each other to talk about how things are going. Today is July 27th, 2021, and this is episode 41. I'm your co-host Pete, and with me as always is my good friend Howell. How you doing, pal? This is actual episode 41. Yeah, we we messed up. So for our listeners, I think the last episode I said was 41, but it was actually 40. So I I I don't know. I'm I'm stupid. For for all those that listened to episode 41, this is now episode 41. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just sitting here don't be watching watching my winner winning bets come in right now. How's so, your trivia um, game going? Oh, um, yeah, that I've previously mentioned it on the show, Apocalypse Sports Trivia. I've got till nine o'clock tomorrow to answer these questions. Oh, um, yeah. So it's like it's go. not live. I have five questions I need to answer. I've I've got I think got at least two right. Um, actually, this is funny. Uh, qu- the second question here. It's got a picture of World of Warcraft, and it says, In this still shot from a World of Warcraft video released in 2005, and likely staged, a group of players in the midst of making a battle plan have just been interrupted by a returning player who decides to charge headlong into the fray. What two words did this player shout as he left his teammates behind? Do you know this? I have no idea. Oh, really? Yeah. Leroy Jenkins? You've never seen the Leroy Jenkins uh, YouTube video? No. Should I? Should, all right, I'm going I'm to look this up and I'm going to bookmark it. Leroy Jenkins. Just Google Leroy Jenkins World of Warcraft. It'll be the first thing that comes up. And then watch it later. Don't watch it now. No, I'm but, not going to watch it now. I'm just going to pull it up. Um, anyway. Uh, Interesting. So that's what's up with me. Not much. Enjoying the doldrums of the summer here. Um, how about yourself? Pretty good. Just got back from yeah. uh, Michigan, Southwest Michigan, where I played golf, fished. Nice. Uh, grilled a lot, and my kids played with their cousins, and that was great. Oh, I thought I, you were going to say they played with themselves. No, they played with their cousins, which was great because I didn't have to play with them uh, for the most part. I love my kids. So it was great. But um, yeah, we've been away for a while. I think mm-hmm. I was away in Utah, and then um, Provo? we had like a win. We had like a window to to record last week but pete bailed on me i so i was packing um, i'm sorry i forgot and then pete was in michigan so we're here tonight we're here now um we don't really have we've been trying to get some guests on and have yet to do so but a lot's been happening well uh, there's uh, so i do want to kind of plug this so uh two weeks ago i did do a interview oh yeah with a kind of friend I don't. I don't know what he is. Anyway, he's a he's a what, guy. What's he going to say when he hears this I don't episode? I don't, he'll probably <laughs> he'll probably say he'll probably nod like in uh, agreement. But um, no, he's a he's a buddy. But um, from DC, poker, who, bu- poker buddy, poker buddy, who's been very critical of me as a self-described conservative, endorsing and voting for Joe Biden. So we did have a, a very lengthy conversation that that needs to be edited quite quite a lot just just for brevity but um um it's something i do want to use at some point and include it in an episode it was actually a pretty good conversation um of of a hard i don't i wouldn't even call him a, a hardcore trumper but he did support donald trump he kind of does support the trumpian 
style, I guess. And um, so it, it ended up being actually a pretty good conversation of of a per, of a of, the, of that type of person trying to understand a person like me, the never Trumper. Um, so I'm trying to edit. Did it you make any ground? It, Does he understand why you would vote for Joe Biden? Considering on a text uh, just this afternoon, he said he he lumped me in with the people who quote unquote clutch their pearls whenever Trump would um, tweet about something. I don't think I made any headway, but that wasn't really the point. Um, well, kudos for trying yeah. and having him on. Yeah, so we're, I'm going to try and figure out what we can use, how we can use that interview. I I want to because it actually is pretty good, uh, but it's very long. So anyway, okay, well. I look forward to hearing that since I was not there when you yeah. spoke with him. I didn't want um, to subject you to that. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, my head probably would have exploded. It would have. Um, and I probably would have just been called names by him. So yeah, that happened. Um, uh, so a couple things. I think what we're going to try to do since a lot's happened is just in a couple minutes, just set a timer and just chat for Ooh. 20 minutes about things like going it. on. What? You like it? I like it. I like it. I like okay. the timer. Are you going to do the Siri? Uh, hey, Siri. Is that what you're going to do? Yes, exactly. I love it. Um, do it. And we'll just call it uh, a summer potpourri. But um, first, you know, I started this segment last time. Um, I want to do and maybe some, insert some music here. We, we, <laughs> what music do you want to insert it? I don't know. Just figure out okay. something. I'll, we'll I'll, I'll something. listen to it when it's edited. Um, insert music here. <laughs> and we'll call it uh, Marjorie. It's the Marjorie Taylor Green Crazy oh, of the Week. I love Marjorie Taylor Green Crazy of the Week. Let's do this. So I don't know if you have one, but I don't. Um, I saw today where um, she she called the idea of private companies issuing mask mandates uh, segregation. <laughs> And how so? I, uh, well, it does, it, has it ever mattered how so? No, as long as she can just say really. something. I um, just I want yeah. I I want to hear her logic. I want to I want I want her to walk. There me is through. no logic. She doesn't understand it. I, that's why I want her to walk me through her thinking as to why those things are the same. Yes. <laughs> but anyway. Yes. One is related to skin color or religion or or something, and the other is a personal choice. For public safety, um, well, maybe not for but long. Yes, well, that's true. It may not be a public personal choice. Mandated again, I think. Um, yeah, let's let's. We've had we've talked enough COVID on this this podcast. Yeah. I don't really want to talk about it again. But um, yes, hopefully, I mean, it, when when Alabama's govern Republican governor is getting fed up and yelling at the unvaccinated, I think we've reached a tipping point. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Marjorie Taylor Greene has equated um, private companies, which are not subject to, uh, you know, federal um, rules other than like rights, right. Mm -hmm. To, um, to uh, segregation. So that's your Marjorie Taylor green crazy of the week for me. Bless her heart. As we say in the South. Yeah. Um, But I imagine she'll be the gift that keeps on, giving and we'll have more of these there's gonna be a lot of as 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 we go forward um and then before we start i did just want to quickly and i sent this to you earlier today um 
talk about a recent editorial that really kind of got me thinking in the Washington Post. And it was by conservative columnist Mark Thiessen. And as I call it up, what do you know about Mark Thiessen? Like, he used to be pretty sensible, right? Who was that again? You were cutting out. Mark Thiessen from... Oh, uh, yes. Mark Thiessen is... Yeah, I, I think yes. What do you what do you know of him? He was at AEI previously. Yeah, he was um, he was a think tank guy. Um, I I used I used to read his stuff a lot. I haven't in the last couple of years. Um, well, he's gone full Trump. He he has gone full Trump. Um, so, but, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about him before I dive in? Um, no, but it is kind of funny. Like some of these former, because he was like a he was he worked in the George W. Bush administration, and it's like. Some of those guys who have just gone full on um, Trump is kind of, it's just an interesting dynamic to me. Yeah. And I don't know what it is with him. Like he can't, I, I, he must just see politics as a zero sum game because he, you know, that's the only reason someone who's smart and probably knows better would, would go to such lengths and contort himself to, to defend some of the idiotic things that, the Trump and the Trump administration did. Um, but he wrote an editorial this week, or maybe it was late last week, and it was titled, Did Biden Just Commit an Impeachable Offense in Ukraine? Okay, sounds like a very interesting article to read, right? Yeah. I mean, I, it certainly caught my attention. Um, I want impeachment and, proceedings. <laughs> and, oh, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, it's Washington Post, so it must have been written by one of a few people for the Washington Post, Thiessen or Hugh Hewitt or even maybe Henry Olson, but I don't feel like Henry Olson would write nah, that. Henry Olson wouldn't do this. Um, so I read it, and, and let me just read you the, the first paragraph here. Remember when House Democrats impeached President Donald Trump for twisting the arm of Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky? allegedly conditioning a White House visit on his willingness to investigate Hunter Biden? Well, guess what? Axios reports that the Biden administration may have twisted Zelensky's arm to accept a deal President Biden just cut with Germany to allow it to move forward with the Nord Stream 2 pipeline with Russia and conditioned a White House visit by Zelensky on acceptance of the deal. Oh Para. God. Okay. What let's take a step. Let's, let's walk through that here. Um... Donald Trump used foreign policy as a weapon to try and dig up dirt on his political opponent to further his own political standing in the U.S., which correctly was an impeachable offense. And he is saying that is the same as the Biden administration um, conditioning a Ukraine visit by Zelensky uh, on their acceptance of some a policy that deals with a pipeline um, with Germany or Germany cut the deal with them um, to incre- as a foreign policy not there's nothing there's no personal um, political gain for President Biden in that um, at least as far as I can tell so I'll say that the first paragraph, by the end of the first paragraph, he's already undercut the title of his um, article, or he's already answered it, basically. Right. Now, now, what I want to point out, though, is that the rest of the article, 
uh, the, the editorial is largely a critique of why the deal with Germany for the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, um, how it helps Russia it, and it hurts Ukraine. Um, I think, you know, there's some merit to some of these, these uh, paragraphs about why it isn't good. It's, it's basically a, a policy argument. Um, and that's fine. But my question is, is like today in our discourse, he has to lead with such a scandalous headline that has really nothing to do with the policy argument he makes in the middle paragraphs. Um, and as a result, he undercuts sort of his argument. He creates a, uh, a reading environment of sensationalism, of outrage for its readers and ultimately doesn't do anything for real discourse around the actual policy considerations that are at play in this. In this, um, And as you noted to me, the very last line of the article is, do Biden's actions, actions constitute an impeachable offense? Of course not. <laughs> Being soft on Russia is not a high crime or misdemeanor, but asking presidents asking Ukraine's president to sign off on a deal that will allow Putin to strangle his country is shameful, even if not impeachable. So why not just say that? Like, why not? Why do you have to write the article, wrap it in this faux narrative of impeachment to make a legit policy critique? Well, even in, even also he tries to unpack, unpack in this whole thing is the, the contrast between how strong Trump supposedly was on Russia because he says, um, uh, hold on, where is it? Um, man, I can't find it right now. I'm trying to scroll through to find it. But he, oh, here it is. Trump was incredibly tough on Russia indeed, if not mm-hmm. in word. By contrast, Biden has called Putin a killer, but since taking office, he has suspended that suspended that military aid, approved an extension of the New START deal, and acquiesced to Nord Stream Two pipeline, which increases Russia Russian power in the region at Ukraine's expense. So he's trying to also in there, it's show that Trump was strong, had much stronger foreign policy, at least when it came to Russia compared to Biden, who's weak, even though Biden tries to talk all tough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then of course we, we always know, we all know how Trump spoke with Putin in the room and yes, you know, it, it fawned over all over him. Um, but anyway, so it's, I, there's a lot to unpack in this article and it is kind of funny that he knew the answer to his question, but still, like you said, used, use that title as a provocative way to get somebody to stop and read the piece. Um, which, I mean, well, I understand yeah. that. I mean, it's clickbait, though. I mean, it's really nothing more than clickbait at that point, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think it just sets the the tone of the debate or the discourse at, okay, I need to be outraged because I'm about to read something about yeah. that it's going to get Biden impeached. Yeah. And then... And then he goes on to make a policy argument, which is fine. I disagree with a lot of it. I mean, I don't think approving the extension of the new START deal is being soft on Russia. I think that's something that's in the best interest of the United States. Um, but, you know, we can disagree on things like that and still have a, a discourse. But, yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I don't want to say this is only done by... Um, kind of 
Trump right, far right, whatever, because I definitely see that in editorials by folks on the left as well. But I do feel like a lot of the um, editorials that I read uh, in the Post or the Times or even other um, maybe more, uh, I guess, politicized um, uh, journals are, they're, they're often framed in this, I'm going to make you outraged. Yeah. And then you get in there and you realize there's not really much to the article or the, the, the conversation other than the outrageous headline. Yeah. And it's just a shame. That's what I would say. Um, I agree. I just wanted, okay. I agree with you on this a lot. Um, I, just, I do. I do also agree that it is done on both sides, um, and it's like I said. I think it's all clickbait. It's a way to sell papers. It's a way to get people to stop and read something that they probably wouldn't have other otherwise have done. So, yeah i i i don't I don't think yeah I don't think it's a healthy way to to discuss the right. important matters, and that's all. That, I'll leave it at that. Um, so anyway, you want to just chat about, I know you got some things on your mind that you'd like to get off your, yeah, let me, but, but before we do, let me start, start my timer. Start your timer. Hey Siri, start a timer for 20 minutes. (laughs) Okay. 20 minutes and counting. Boom. Thank you, Siri. No, it was just kick us off here. So I just I was thinking about the January sixth commission um, and kind of all the hoopla around it and having um, Pelosi basically veto some of Kevin McCarthy's choices to serve like Jim Jordan um, on that on that committee and then basically appointing Adam Kinzinger and uh, Liz Cheney, um, which prompted when asked at the White House or I think you know, it was outside the White House uh, Kevin McCarthy about how he felt about those two being on there he said Kinzinger and and Cheney, aren't they Pelosi Republicans? And I kind of want to just call him an asshat to his face and then potentially punch him in the nuts. Um, Because that's, uh, it's just childish now. Like, I I agree that we, I, I, that we don't really need a commission to know what happened on January 6th, but here we are. We talked about this. Yeah, Yeah, we talked about this, but um, here we are and it's happening. And um, the sad thing too is that the conservative media has already kind of trying to demonize all the witnesses that have testified thus far as people who have history hating uh, President Trump. Um, the red state already has an article up about that. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I've kind of skimmed over it, but it's it's up there if anybody wants to read it. Um, so it's all turning into this childish exercise now by the Republicans who just aren't taking it seriously and clearly Kevin McCarthy didn't take it seriously and this is a person who wants to be uh, Speaker of the House number three in line for the presidency Um, and if you can't take something like this seriously and also do things to help protect your members who are serving on that committee who have conviction and believe in what they're doing even if you don't agree with it you should still back them up Um, that's what real leaders do but Kevin McCarthy is not a real leader Um, so I'm just a little I'm a little I'm a little angry about that. Um, How do you think? Yeah. No, go ahead. Um, I've seen some initial reaction to, did you watch any of the, the commission today? I've just, I 
I was just glancing at it for the day because I, 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 I've seen some initial commentary that, you know, the officer's testimony today was kind of made Kevin McCarthy look, um, like you said, childish mm-hmm. and, uh, maybe he didn't think this through, um, that, uh, so I'm just curious how you think this commission is going to play out. I mean, Kevin McCarthy himself may even be called to testify. And what if, do you think he'd show up and what would he say? I think it's going to be interesting. How do you think think it's all going to play out? I think it's, well, Liz Cheney's already said that she wants to know what was said at the White House that day um, internally. And I think a lot of those conversations have to do with uh, House leadership, including Kevin McCarthy and probably also uh, Jim Jordan and uh, some other folks. So it's going to be, I I don't, I think they're, if they're not worried about that, they should be. Um, I think it's going to make them make those people look silly if some bad things come out, if embarrassing things happen. Um, and I, you know, like I said, I mean, we, the public doesn't really need, need to know much more about this, but you know, there is, there is merit to the people who want to be, who move up in the ranks of, of government leadership and what their, what role they had or didn't have in this whole thing. I'm not saying that they planned it, you know, the, the conspiracy mm-hmm. theories that came from a lot of the squad where, you know, they were they were given inside information by members right. of Congress. That's all bullshit and it might as well be QAnon stuff. Um, but that being said, if McCarthy did anything that sort of prolonged uh, the riot and prolonged um, the insurrection from people or the, at least the people coming into the Capitol, then that needs to come out. Um, it needs to be needs to be told whoever and if it's not Kim McCarthy who was it and what was said to Donald Trump and what did Donald Trump actually do or what did White House senior staff actually do um, I think this whole thing is kind of cloaked in a lot of a lot of um, over the top as it is like I said you know with the squad talking about you know people being given plans uh, or like uh, maps of the capital oh right like blueprints blueprints the people who keep saying and this is even kins adam kingsner said this like it's the worst attack on the capital since 1812 um the worst whatever you know since civil war like the other thing bad things have happened and rightly so people have brought up the um the shooting um uh by puerto rican nationals in the capital in the 50s um you know and you know people who've actually gotten in there with guns and shot Capitol Hill police officers, which actually didn't happen. Not, you know, that happened 20 years ago, you know, which is not too long ago. Um, so things have happened that were worse than this. Um, but it just shows that if this thing can keep maintain its, um, credibility and, um, I think it'll be helpful, but if it turns into a circus and I think that's what, um, McCarthy wants to do is turn it into a circus, then it's well, just did, it's just gonna it won't be worth the time. Did you did you follow or read about the press conference they had um, before the the hearing started this morning? The Republicans. Where, yeah. No, I didn't. Where Elise Stefanik got up and blamed Nancy Pelosi for the violence at the Capitol um, this morning. She 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 made that argument. Um, which, you know, is completely absurd uh, on many levels. Um, and I think they're just trying to, I don't know. I don't, I, I, you know, like 
I, I asked you, I texted you, I was like, does anyone who's not already completely drinking the Kool-Aid, does that, does that help them in any way um, to, to, to make such ridiculous claims and statements? I mean, even if Nancy Pelosi was in charge of capital security and had done, you know, none of this would have happened had President Trump not had a rally and, and, and conducted months of questioning of the election results um, and fomented outrage at the election and, and, and cast suspicion on the results. So, you know, it's, it's akin to um, blaming a blaming someone for leaving their door unlocked for their house being robbed, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's, you still, still, still wouldn't have happened without the robbers. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I don't know, like, I mean, Kensinger and I feel like Kensinger and Cheney are, are doing their duty. They, yes. they are, they are real Republicans. Like they vote very conservative. Yeah. Uh, and, but they are almost persona non grata in the Republican Party, and yeah. I know um, some have mentioned sanctioning them yeah. uh, for going along with this. I just, as as a former Republican yourself, and you're still a conservative, a former Republican, like how do you, how do you, like what what is going on in their minds in, you know, making claims about Pelosi causing one six and. You know what are they? What are the? What are they trying to achieve there? Are they just trying to? I think they're still. I think they're still worried about the base. There's no. They're still. Well, yeah. I mean, they're still worried about the 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 hold that Trump still has on the party. I mean, you still have like you know this week it, it came out. George P. Bush, the son of Jeb Bush, went to Mar-a-Lago and to get his, Trump's endorsement for the Texas AG race, and then Trump mm-hmm. didn't endorse him. He endorsed <laughs> Ken Paxson, the current. AG, oh, that's, that's a real shame. Yeah, who's on under indictment. But the fact of the yes, matter is, under investigation, a, a Bush went to get his uh, Trump's blessing. So clearly, yep. there are enough people in the party who think that Trump still has a good enough stranglehold on the base that they need to go and kiss his ass. So I think a lot of this is is still has to do with that. It'll be interesting to see. I know there was a special election in Texas tonight for a congressional seat, and the, it looks like the Trump endorsed um, candidate lost to a different. Republican. Oh, really? Yeah, to a to a Republican, um, right? To a non endorsed. Uh, so maybe that means that uh, you know a Trump endorsement doesn't mean as much anymore six months mm-hmm. later or seven months later, but we won't really know that until after the midterms, honestly. Um, and maybe not even then. Uh, so I, do you, I just feel like, and maybe I'm wrong. And obviously history says that, um, the president's party loses seats in, in mid yes. midterms. Yeah. Um, but I feel like with the, direction that the GOP leadership is is taking itself um it's more 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 so in the house than the senate but the senate mm-hmm. um with kind of the the way they've been acting on 
the debt ceiling and maybe the infrastructure talks is not necessarily helping themselves. Um, I, I, I feel like without Trump on the ballot, which is a big turnout driver, um, that they, they could potentially be not as in good standing as they think they are. Um, because I just don't see anyone. I don't, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I underestimate people, but I don't know how you win any votes claiming Nancy Pelosi caused one six. Um, any new votes? <laughs> no, I mean, you're just, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think you get any new votes and, but maybe I think based on the polling, it, it, things are looking really good for the Republicans in the midterms, at, at least the house Republicans in the midterms, they, they might not take back the house, but they're going to get pretty close. It looks like they might get within like three seats, three or four seats. Depends on who they end up nominating. True. But the, point of the mat the the point i'm trying to get at is they feel like they they probably feel like they have some runway here and saying stuff like that doesn't necessarily hurt them but it does it does solidify the base um or at least makes the base feel better about things um for whatever reason so mm-hmm. um when the when it looks like polling is going your way and you're going to be able to flip flip some of those seats like um like slotkin seat in michigan is one that you know isn't looking so good for her right now that could change, obviously, but um, it's just an example. It wasn't looking good for her before last time either. I right. Don't think. So she managed to pull it up. So I mean, maybe they just feel really confident, and the polling, their internal polling, is telling them that this is okay. And I mean, because they're not going to say that. Like Stefanik's not going to come out there and say something like that unless the polling indicates that it's okay for her to say that. Um, at least, at least that's what I would think. Um, yeah. Which is sad in itself, but yeah, yeah this goes back to like. Be leaders, right? Yeah. Just because the polling says something, you know, um, there are ways to uh, participate, you know, rather than um, snipe from outside, there are ways they could have constructively engaged this. Um, and even even one of the five Republicans who McCarthy nominated, who's from Illinois, one of them, Rod- Rodney Davis? Yeah. Is that his yeah. name? Yeah, he sent a fundraising he, email. He's a... Uh, you know, he's, um, I know he was critical of, of one six and, yeah. you know, he had a chance to maybe do something, uh, and make a, make a name for himself on that. But because of the stunt McCarthy pulled, um, with putting Jordan and Jim Banks on there, uh, he lost an opportunity to maybe be a part of the process. Um, and so I just, you know, I think ultimately what you're going to get is, Nobody, you know, all the people who are d- drinking the Kool-Aid are going to see Kensinger and Cheney as, you know, like you said, Pelosi Republicans and not give any credence to what they find out uh, from that as well. So it'll just be seen as a partisan exercise, even though it's bipartisan. True, It is truly bipartisan. Well, and this week alone has given the Republicans a lot of things to push back on. So the, the USA Today poll that everybody was talking about you, yesterday, I believe, um, where they was pulling in Detroit about the defund the police um, mm-hmm. um, narrative. Amongst w- African-American. Right. Right. And, and it's nine, of 90% of the respondents want more police, not less. Right. And so there's that. And then today, or was it, it was either yesterday afternoon or today, it was announced that former California Senator Barbara Boxer was robbed 
in mm-hmm. Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I saw that. There's narratives here where they're gonna the Republicans are gonna be able to come back as law and order, and you know we need to stop these socialists who wanted to fund the police and allow people to get murdered or robbed or whatever. Um, high crimes, increased homicides in every major American city, a lot of which are run by Democratic mayors uh, and Democratic governors or states that are run by Democratic governors. Um, so, I mean, it's actually it, the Republicans are lucky right now. I mean, are is McCarthy trying to say that at, by calling Kinsinger and Cheney Pelosi Republicans that they they are okay with defunding the police, that they're okay with these narratives or, you know, not strong on safety and, and, and um, tough on crime. I mean, it kind of sounds like that's what he's trying to say. Um, but even though they're the ones they're defending the, the Capitol police and right. That is, that is testimony. That is certainly the contrast that's being made. Like if you really are going to be that part, and I saw, I saw somebody tweet this today. If you really are going to be the party that stands up for police, then why are you not standing up for the Capitol police? Somebody said, you're right. You're absolutely right. But from a national standpoint, um, uh, I really do kind of feel like some, the things that have kind of fallen into place in the last few days have given the Republicans more runway than they probably should have um, on this issue. Yeah. So speaking of defunding the police, um, the other the other critique of the GOP and not really backing law enforcement is related to. Did you get that fly? No, there's a goddamn fly in my office and it keeps on buzzing me and it just landed on my lamp and I couldn't get it. Well, we have we only have a few more minutes, so oh, I'm going to do this quickly and um, is related to infrastructure as. You may know, as our listeners may know, one of the ways they were going to pay for some of the infrastructure is to increase the IRS's um, tax enforcement capabilities. And um, they said that would pay for itself by bringing in (laughs) billions of dollars, I think, right? Always be Um, skeptical when when a government official says, oh, it's going to pay for itself. Yeah. Well, initially... The Republicans had agreed upon this, um, but it appears now that that they are balking at that being a way to pay for infrastructure that they had agreed upon, and now there's no way to pay for it. And so the Republicans are saying, well, we're not going to just add more uh, trillion dollars onto the, the deficit, but they're also not offering any ways to pay for it because they're not going to roll back the Trump tax credits or the tax cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're also not open to any, you know, raising the minimum uh, tax rate for companies as well. Right. So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on infrastructure? I It seems like there is st- still uh, momentum there and that Romney and Portman want to get something done. And the way I see it is, as many have said, you guys should, the Republicans should take the win here and just take some credit for it because if they don't win it this way, they're just going to roll it into a reconciliation package yeah. and do it that way. And then you won't get any credit and they'll get to, they'll get to campaign against that yeah. uh, with you. So take what you can, what you can stomach and move, move forward with that. I don't know. I think th- there's not enough Republicans that feel that way though. Like, you know, I think 
so we we lost a, a, a giant of the United States Senate. Um, Mike en- Senator Mike Enzi of Wyoming passed away early this morning. He fell had a had a bike bicycle accident yesterday and had to be airlifted to a, um, a hospital in Colorado. And um, this was a guy who always talked about the eighty twenty rule. If you get eighty percent of what you want, take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a staunch conservative who, but he always believed in treating everybody the right way and doing things, negotiating always in good faith. He just wasn't, you know, the breed of, of Republican that we're seeing get elected these days at all. He was, he was a good man and I, I, he's going to be missed. Um, and I, I always really liked him a lot. Um, but that being said, there's not enough guys like that anymore. I mean, yeah, if Romney and Portman stick, keep coming along and maybe they bring Susan Collins along with them too. And, and Lisa Murkowski, then yeah, it's going to work out, but there's not enough Republicans in there who are willing to stomach 80%. They want it all. They want, they want the whole win. And if they can't get the win, they want to be able to campaign on it and blame it on the Democrats. And there might be some uh, play in there where they just don't trust Chuck Schumer and that, you know, to not just put it in reconciliation. And maybe they're actually betting on that as a way. To, so they have that to campaign on that. Oh, look, he couldn't do it the right way. So he had to just stick it in re- reconciliation and jam it down our throats. I mean, they might be doing that and maybe Schumer's forced to call their bluff. Um, but I don't know. I think this is why the Senate's broken. This is. Yeah. But also this has nothing to do with why people think the Senate's broken. People think the Senate's broken because of the, the filibuster, not because of stuff like this. The sense broken because the people who are there don't take it seriously and they just want they're just looking for their next election, which their terms are supposed to are supposed to make it so they don't have to worry about that sort of thing. That's why it's a six year term. You don't have to worry as much about politics, but that's not what we're seeing. So it's just um, I think. But if 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 they're able to keep Romney and Portman, who are two important voices in there um, working in good faith, I think there's certainly a chance it gets done. But um, we'll see how long that lasts. Timer went off. Oh, thanks, Siri. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for today. We only got through McCarthy as an asshat six <laughs> commission. Are you into anything this week? Uh, not really. Um, okay. It's been kind of uh, just because of vacation. I was able to turn my mind off and not really have to worry okay. about. Um, well, I'll tell you what I'm not into. What are you not into? The new, the new Space Jam movie. It's pretty terrible. That's all for I'll say somebody about it. for somebody who is dying to be better than Michael Jordan, he sh- LeBron James is doing a shit ton of stuff to be just like Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't necessarily. I'd never really loved the original Space Jam. Yeah, oh, of course not. But this one was just. It was just um, bloated and ridiculous and. It was like they threw. It was just they threw everything at it, at the screen, yeah. and um, my son enjoyed it, but uh, I fell asleep like multiple times watching it. It was just not good. I'd rather so. see LeBron act like he did in that movie Trainwreck with Bill Hader and Amy Schumer. He was fucking. Hilarious. <laughs> he was good in that. He was hilarious. Yeah, he was good in, in that. that. Um, exactly. That basketball one-on-one scene with him and Bill Hader is just classic. Um, he actually he is the best thing about that movie, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for, I, I said that to my wife. I was like, for somebody who is who, who claims to be better than Jordan, he sure does do all the things that Jordan did, <laughs> like yeah. or tries to do all the things that Jordan did. Um, anyway. So 
anyway, don't wa- avoid that. Don't watch it. Yep. So that's it. That's it for the week. Hopefully we'll have some guests or you can get that up in the next couple weeks and we'll, we won't be a month in between episodes no, from here on out. Definitely not. Oh, follow us on Twitter at Bros Politics. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify, Apple, and uh, Amazon. Howell, we need to go to a casino. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. See you, man. See you, man. Bye. Bye. Bye.